Okay, so it's time that we react to the first two games of the college football playoff. And well, 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 how the turntables have turned. Clemson lost to the Ohio State University in an upset I did not see coming. Uh, they beat Clemson 49-28 in the Sugar Bowl, and the Buckeyes are now the lowest-ranked team to ever win a playoff game at 11th. Well done to them. I did not think they could do it, so props to them. They did an amazing job. Well done. Absolutely. Man, this is the content I love to see. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yes, I'm... I'm very much enjoying this segment. Uh, in your opinion, is there anyone who should get the blame for this loss? Well, I mean, I know it's cliche, but it never is totally on one person. I think a lot of it maybe goes to Dabo a little bit. I mean, if you really truly feel like a team is 11th in the nation and in the playoff, you're probably realistically not going to prepare as well as hardly for them as you are going to prepare for a team in your opinions better <laughs> um realistically i just think that's the case but yeah i mean there's blame all around trevor lawrence fumbled it a few times and i think he threw a pick as well he wasn't on his game um i felt like the o-line wasn't as as good as usual either mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I think there's plenty of blame to go around, but if I had to pin it on one person, I would say it's on uh, Brett Venables, who's the defensive coordinator. Last week, I figured out Ohio State's game plan by just talking and not even thinking it out beforehand. I said that they needed to ride Trey Sermon, the running back, and use him to open up play action. Well, they rode him for 200 yards, and on play action, they were 8 of 9, 3 touchdowns, and I figured that out. If I can, how can the best defensive coordinator in college football, Brett Venables, how is he unprepared for that? I, I don't really understand. And I feel like if there is blame, it would be on him. Yeah, I, it felt like you had Ohio State receivers like absolutely blown by the Clemson secondary every time. And you know, probably a lot of that is they knew, they knew Trey Sermon was really good, and so they're going to ride on Trey Sermon a lot, so they're going to, you know, push up your secondary to help in the run, but, I mean, <laughs> that just opens up the door for them and blow right by them, and uh, I felt like they're doing it over and over again. You think you'd make some changes, but who knows. Anyway, you know, like, um, you know, Ohio State beat Clemson, Justin Fields kind of outplayed Trevor Lawrence as well. If you're the Jaguars, does this make you reconsider your number one pick? Uh, No. I mean, I agree that Fields definitely outplayed Lawrence, and like you said, Trevor Lawrence did fumble a couple of times in this game. Um, but still, I feel like uh, as much as I don't want to say this, Trevor Lawrence is like a generational talent. Uh, I think he's the clear number one pick. Um, Justin Fields, who knows, maybe in the long run, maybe he'll have a better career than Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. And I think this game will really elevate his draft stock, but not up and over Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, um, Justin Fields had an excellent game. Showed a lot of, like, a lot of moxie, you know, and 
with the big hit and then coming back and winning the game. I don't think it does put him over Trevor Lawrence. If I were an NFL GM, personally, I really like Mac Jones. He's incredibly consistent. Um, I think that, you know, I guess maybe it's more just me, but I like consistency. And, you know, he's absolutely playing at it. He's playing at an elite level right now. He may he's not as mobile as Trevor Lawrence is or doesn't have the size, but I'd take a hard look at Mac Jones. Certainly. So let's look at the other ACC team. It was uh, Notre Dame. They fell as well, losing to Alabama 31-14. to And, I mean, I don't think we need to spend too much time here, but how about Najee Harris's hurdle? That was insane. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just glad I wasn't the guy getting hurdled. But from a viewer's perspective, it was one of the most majestic things I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't even like really duck until the end. He was more or less standing, probably six feet tall, and then Najee Harris just jumped straight over him. Uh, you were at the game with um when Alabama played South Carolina, and then he broke <laughs> off that incredible run, right? Yeah, I, I remember Najee Harris hurdled one of our guys. I was like, well, that happened. I think he scored a touchdown on it too. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, he's quite the athlete. Mm-hmm. So the ACC, they won 0-6 in their bowl games this year. How much do you think that this hurts the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference's playoff chances moving forward? I can't imagine it will help their chances, I'll say that. I, I don't think that... I think there will only ever be one ACC team in the playoff. I don't think we'll see two from really any other conference except SEC and maybe maybe Big Ten. I agree with that, and I feel like that's the impact of playing an all-conference schedule. We got to see like how good the conferences actually are. So the 8-3 and three North Carolina State Wolfpack lost to a 4-6 and six Kentucky Wildcats team, and uh, I guess that just shows the strength of the SEC compared to the ACC. So... I mean, I like the ACC. I, I still like the uh, UNC Tar Heels and stuff, but like you, I don't think that the ACC will ever get two teams in it again. Yeah, I definitely like the ACC as well. It was like, there's such like a huge geographic area it covers. I mean, you've all the way up in Syracuse and all the way down in Miami. Just such a variety. I kind of like that. So, yeah, because of all of that, Alabama and Ohio State will face off in the College Football National Championship. I'm really enjoying that sound effect. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, who's going to win? I think it will be a very close game. I mean, we have two elite programs that honestly feel like we're watching an NFL game in Alabama and Ohio State. Also, doesn't feel like there are any... The weak spots, you know. Alabama even has a kicker this year, and a really good one at that. I mean, a Luke Groza Award finalist. I mean, that's top three in the nation. So, you know, it's going to be close, but I think at the end of the day, um, Alabama will win. Why they're going to win? I mean, Mac Jones, I'm just going to go with consistency again. He's really consistent. Devontae Smith is... Honestly, he probably should be the Heisman winner because he's the best at his position. 
at anyone in the country. He does his job better than anyone else. And their defense, you know, they're physical like they always are. They might not be as good as in years past, but they're certainly very, very talented. And so I think they'll come out on top. Mm-hmm. That's a really good analysis. Um, I agree. I think uh, Alabama is going to win the game, and I do think that it will be close. Uh, I've completely changed my perspective on Ohio State, having seen them play. Uh, if their offense can you know, show up like they did against Clemson, it's going to be a really exciting game, and what you, you never even know, maybe a shootout, because Alabama's defense has been kind of porous. So... I like Alabama. Maybe it's a, you know, seven, ten point game, something like that. Relatively close, and Ohio State will have a chance at the end, but I do like Alabama to win the game. Okay, so we'll transition into some, you know, non-NFL quick topics. Uh, Both Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina lost their bowl games. Because of that, do you think a group of five team is ever going to make the college football playoff? In the current format of four teams, no, I don't think they will. They expanded to, say, 16. Absolutely. But they're, they're not going to make the top four. I agree. Like, if Cincinnati had won and, you know, ran over Georgia, um, then maybe, like, they get consideration. Like, man, what would this team have done in the playoff? But the fact that they lost to a team that Alabama beat really handily and Coastal Carolina lost to a, another uh, independent team in Liberty, and those were the two top teams. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that they'll make the playoff in the current format. Yeah, and Wisconsin, <laughs> they uh, broke the Dukes Mayo Bowl trophy celebrating in the locker room. Wow, just wow. Yeah, at least it wasn't the barbecue sauce bowl because I know firsthand it's pretty difficult to get barbecue sauce out of a suit. So uh, I can't I can't imagine how hard that would have been to get barbecue sauce out of a carpet. Well, I can't actually. It it would be difficult. Wow, a suit! Yikes! That's like the worst item of clothing to get barbecue sauce on. It's a long story. Well. I'd love to hear it someday. <laughs> University of Miami quarterback Derek King um, unfortunately tore his ACL in the Cheez-It Bowl last week. Will this lead to even more stars opting out of bowls in the future? Uh, I would say that it, it will, but I also don't know why. Like, I don't know why um, this one game matters less than the game before it. Because, like, if you're good enough to go to the NFL... Um, I don't know why, like, why a bowl game is less important than, you know, playing a smaller team in your conference or anything. Mm. Like, if you're not, uh, I don't know. I feel like you're either all in or all out. And I do think more people will opt out of the bowl games. But uh, in my opinion, I don't know why a bowl game would be less important than a regular season game. So either opt out for both or for neither, in my opinion. That's that's a really, really good point. Um, I think a large part of why he, uh, Derek King played was he already had said he was going to come back next year because of the extra year of eligibility given to you know, given to everyone because of COVID. So I think that's why. But I think it will be more of these top players will be opting out of bowls in the future. 
I don't particularly like it. A lot of reasons for what you said, but you know, I'm not in that position to potentially make millions, and so you know, take that opinion with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Tom Herman was fired from Texas as uh, their football head coach and Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian will replace him. What is he going to have to do to stay on longer than Herman did? <laughs> well, I mean. Stop saying Texas is back and actually bring them back. <laughs> that would do it, yeah. Tom Herman, he won the Sugar Bowl two years ago. He won uh, the Texas Bowl, and he won the um, whatever bowl they played this year. Maybe the Alamo Bowl? I might have that flipped yes, around. I think you're right. But he he's won all the bowl games, and he's contended every year. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is sort of like European soccer, where good isn't good enough, I guess. I think he also had a really difficult time beating Oklahoma, oh. if I recall. Mm-hmm. I think you're I'm right. I'm not totally sure, but I think that might be a large part of it as well. There was the one dicker the kicker game. but uh, That's right. But other than that, I think you're right. He, he hasn't been able to beat the uh, the Sooners. It's, mm-hmm. it's the Shane Beamer advantage right there. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Shane Beamer. Um, Becky Hammond became the first woman to coach in an NBA game after Greg Popovich was ejected in the second quarter. I thought that congratulations was... to her for sure. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, I mean, she's been with their uh, team a long time, and she's you know been elevated all the way up to like taking over when the coach is out, like being essentially the first string assistant coach. That's really good, and I think that, you know, eventually she might be the first woman to, like, become an NBA head coach. Uh, I don't know, like, we might not be as close to that as I think, but uh, I would say that she would be the person that, you know, she'd get the call. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. I wouldn't be shocked if she ended up getting the head coaching position either. The NHL will play two games outdoors at Lake Tahoe this season. What other parks would be cool venues for a sporting event? Hmm. Um, I really liked White Sands in New Mexico. Um, <laughs> it's really cool and, like, you know, just pretty empty. It's just white sand around. And since, like, you can't have fans right now anyway, it would be, the cool t- it would be a cool time to, you know, set up a hockey rink, set up, you know, a basketball court and stuff. Maybe even a football stadium just composed of sand. Play the Pro Bowl there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually a really good idea. Um, I think it'd be funny if they're making some place you never think hockey would take place in. Like, we're back in the Everglades. You had some raised platform. <laughs> <laughs> Play it on a swamp boat. I'd love that. Yeah, on a swamp boat. That'd be really cool. But definitely probably not realistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of things that don't seem realistic, Steph, Cur- Steph Curry scored a career-high 62 points on Sunday. Do you have any reaction to this? Wow. Um, yeah, 62 points is remarkable. Clay Thompson out. I think he's having to carry a lot, a lot more of the load. And it wouldn't shock me if he had a whole bunch of thirty-five plus point games this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steph Curry is one of, if not my favorite, NBA player. So 
it was really cool to see. And also, it was a welcome distraction, given at the time I was watching Sunday Night Football. And it was really <laughs> deteriorating. So I went on ESPN and saw, oh, wow, Steph Curry has a bunch of points. And I just followed that instead. It was confirmed uh, that all NCAA basketball tournament games will be held in Indiana this year. Who does this favor the most? Um, I would say teams in the Big Ten, uh, just because <laughs> they're familiar with Indiana. Um, games will be held at, uh, uh, I, I don't remember what Indiana's uh, stadium is called. Um, and then Mackey Arena, where Purdue plays. Uh very tough places to play. Um, maybe it's the Bloomington Event Center. I, I don't know. I, f- I feel bad not knowing it. But both of those are hard places to play, and I think Big Ten teams, having played there, they'll be familiar with it. That's a really good point. Um, do you know if they're allowed fans or not? Um, I would say uh, it's possible because Indiana, they've allowed fans at, like, at events since the beginning, back in, like, June with USL. But, yeah, sorry. Mm. Well, then, it definitely helps the state of Indiana out a lot, for sure. But I also would say lower seeds. Um, a lot of the regions for, like, the bracket regions where the games are played favor those top seeds geographically. So, you know, it helps with fans and home court advantage, quote, 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 unquote. Um so, you know, obviously having it all in one place kind of erases that in a sense, except for Big Ten teams, and so help the lower seats out. But now we'll move on to the Gamecock Sports Update, uh, starting off with the women's basketball team. They beat Florida 75-59 to open SEC play. Aaliyah Boston had a career-high 28 points. Zia Cook had 26. And the team is playing Alabama as we speak. I'm going to get a score update. Yeah, they are up 52-41 to 41 with two and a half to play in the third. There we go. The content we love to hear. Also, uh, speaking of the women's basketball team, they unveiled a banner from the 2019-2020 season stating they were the unanimous number one at the end of the season. Do you like this banner? Yes, I, I like it a lot. Um, I mean, it's true, obviously. Uh we were the number one team in the AP poll and the coaches poll at the end of the year. Um, we didn't have a tournament. Uh, so there was that. And I think that there were two teams last year, us and Oregon, that could have you know, potentially claimed the national championship and not had any uh, real debate about that. So I think it's great that we're putting up a banner. Yeah, I think it's definitely great as well because it's honest and Accurate, and it remembers a excellent season. Mm-hmm. The men's basketball team, they finally got out on the court for the first time since December 5th. Uh, they've only practiced two times between that and this game, but uh, with only nine players, the team beat Florida A&M 78-71. Yeah, and uh, the men's basketball team starts SEC play on Wednesday as they face Texas A&M. Yep, so that brings us to the end of the sports update, and uh, we're on to our shout-outs. Who do you want to shout-out this week? Um, I'd like to shout-out uh, my Uncle Bob. He has a birthday coming up soon. Um, now, I hope you have a great day, and now, of course, go Tar Heels. Love to hear it. Uh, 
My, uh, I'm shouting out my sister, whose senior season of high school basketball starts this week. Uh, I hope they actually play the games, and uh, I'm excited to follow that. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to do it uh, for episode 31. Tune in next week as we break down Wild Card Weekend, preview the divisional round, uh, start a new semester of classes. Yikes, that's next week. And uh, talk about whatever else happens in the world of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might not record on our normal Monday just because that is the day of the college football championship game. So, you know, maybe we'll push it so we can talk about the game. Maybe we'll push it just so we can watch the game. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, regardless of that, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at Kicker and WB. That's at Kicker, the word and WB. That's all for this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Until next week, keep the laces out. And stay hydrated.